Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark, and there's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. And he is... can't really say what he's doing right now, but he's having a fine time. I'm playing with my little... What is this? A Triceratops. Triceratops. Uh, we have dinosaurs in a jar in here. Yep. I don't know who brought these in, yep. but I thank them because it's kind of fun. It is fun. It looks really uncomfortable for the dinosaurs. Like, I've seen too many of the Toy Story movies to well, that's just why leave I, these things... Yeah. Be. That's why I've secured the Triceratops by my side today. That's nice. He'll be with us through asexuality. Yes, he will. Um, we're going to go on a little journey through asexuality today. Um, I, this is, this is uh, I guess, new to me. Like, I've heard the term before, yeah. asexual. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never really realized that it's becoming, and uh, there's a group of people who who claim this as their sexual orientation. Yeah, you hear the word kind of thrown around like... You know, well, they, they they never really had a girlfriend or boyfriend that I've seen. They're they're just sort of asexual, right? Or but um, it's a real thing. It's often it's often um, put alongside uh, androgyny. Sure, you know, so like asexual meaning genderless, but that's not at all what it means. And improperly tied to uh, abstinence, celibacy, celibacy. Tim Tebow. Yeah, if you believe the lies, I don't know. I think he's for real. Do you? Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, or Morrissey. Yeah, he, he's legendarily celibate. Celibate, right? But not necessarily asexual. There's a big difference. So I I looked into this a little more before even proposing this, and I was just fascinated with it. Not in like a prurient sense. I was just interested. Sure. And what kicked it all off was I was in line at the bank, and there was this woman reading a book while she was going through like the teller transaction, and she had um this uh. This T-shirt on, and it said uh, Aven, A-V-E-N. And I looked a little closer, and it said uh, Asexuality, Visibility, and Education Network. Right. It's not off the top of my head. Did it have a logo or anything? It did. Really? I didn't recognize it until now, and I still can't conjure it up in my mind's eye. But it was a triangle, and I took it to mean like a like a the pink triangle sure. for homosexuality. It is not. It's just a triangle. It, had I looked a little closer, had I looked now, mm-hmm. I would see that I think it's a slice of cake. Oh, okay, sure. Which is their their symbol, right? Supposedly from a quote from someone, an asexual, who said, "Between a slice of cake and sex, I'd take the cake." Right. So this, I think everyone feels that way at one time or another, though. Right. Okay. So that's an excellent point. Yeah. Chuck. The difference is, if you're asexual, you feel that way virtually all the time. You always just that is cake. quite literally your orientation. Right. You're oriented toward. No sexual attraction, no sexual preferences. Um, although you may still, if you do feel any kind of romantic feelings, yeah, it would still possibly go along homosexual or heterosexual lines. Right. Right. Yes. Let's get into this. Okay. Um, I guess Alfred Kinsey is a pretty good place to start whenever yeah. you're talking about people doing it or not doing it. Man, I don't know how he got <laughs> into these people's. How he got people to talk like this back then. Have you seen the movie? No, I haven't. It's good. Yeah, the, uh, Ray Fiennes? No, Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. He beat everybody up. <laughs> <laughs> he did a bunch of polls and then whipped everyone's butt. Yeah. Um, He's like, I have a very specific data set. <laughs> uh, so in his Kinsey uh, 
scale, the famous Kinsey scale, he rates very inclusively a scale from, um, I think in here they say from fleeting attraction to longer term, uh, longer term compulsions. Like, he tries to include everyone in the scale, but it's still generally not inclusive of asexuals. They but were group X. It's like completely non-inclusive. Yeah. It's, it goes from zero to six and it's straight up hetero to straight up homo sexual. That's right. Right? And then there's stuff in between. And you can fall somewhere in on the spectrum. But it was pretty groundbreaking at the time because, first of all, people weren't really talking about homosexuality much. So to make a scale that was inclusive of them, that was pretty revolutionary. Yeah, but he did identify Group X. He just didn't include it on the scale. Group X to him was the 1.5% of men and 15% of women who said, I don't have sexual relations. I'm not interested in it. Right, but he just kind of disregarded that. As an anomaly group. Or maybe he thought he would come back to it at some later date and never did. Right. Uh, and, and But out of this, he said something that's kind of a famous quote. He said, the world is not to be divided into sheep and goats. Yeah. Which means like you're not, there's more than just straight and there's more than just gay. There's yeah. some stuff in between. There's a range. But he still left out Group X. He still left out Group X. What's weird, and Kristen Conger, who wrote this article. Yeah, good job, too. Yeah, she did a good job tying this all together. There was a study in 2002 of rams that produced another Group X in its its sample. Interestingly, also rams and sheep. Right, because apparently there was a guy named um, Charles Roselli, and he was looking to find if there's a biological basis for homosexuality, so we turn to the animal kingdom, right? Sure. Apparently rams can be gay. They yeah, rams can party down with other rams for like, and when there's females around, they'll still just say, "Hey, that guy looks pretty good to me." Right. So he also found that there's some that don't go for either. Yeah. And um, this this group X among rams started to um, this formed the basis of the idea of asexuality as an orientation as far as, like, academia is concerned. Right. And the flip side of this, which we haven't really mentioned, is as opposed to um, a a physiological problem, an issue, or a mental illness, uh, which up until, what was it, 1973, homosexuality is considered a mental illness? So until 73, and then in 1986, they finally took out the secondary, um, basically being stressed out from being gay, Oh yeah, was it was a diagnosis until 1986, and finally there's like no homosexuality in the DSM any longer. But right. essentially until 86, and in 73, that was when the straight up like if you're gay, you're mentally ill was taken out. And the DSM is we've talked about it before the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Yeah, basically where they classify everything. And it's important, Chuck. We should say what goes in there. Because it's basically the book that says, here's what society thinks is normal, yeah. and here's what society thinks is abnormal. And if you, who considers yourself normal, is in there, then society has a lot of leverage against you to tell you that there's something wrong with you. Yeah, whether or at the like very it or least, not. it's doctors' opinions, right? It's not like they took polls from society, right? No, but I mean, like, that's, that's based on a lot. It's not, sure. not all of it's based on empirical evidence. Right. It's basically saying, like... Like, you act this way and society thinks there's something wrong with you. That's mental illness. Right. You know? Good point. Uh, so we mentioned it's not like celibacy because that is a choice to remain uh, sexually inactive. Morrissey battles that every day. I'm sure he does. Uh, 
I mean, look at him. He dresses sexy. Oh, Morrissey's a sexy guy. Look at him. So he's a, he's a pop star, right? He'd have anyone he wants exa- okay. on either side, right? But he chooses not to celibate. That's right. Is he still? I think he is, isn't he? Oh, I think he's like lifetime celibate. Really? Yeah. Yeah, but you never know. I that's the, I mean, I don't know Morrissey personally. Sure. He's never told me <laughs> right. this, but I mean, this is just from being a fan. This is what. Yeah, I yeah, and he's come out very hardline, you know, for his celibacy. So it's not like he's it's been a secret or anything like that. Oh, no, he touts it. Well, he's in the like, same... It's like Tim Tebow all over the place. <laughs> and we'll mention uh, this even more, but the uh, it's the same with asexuals. They, the, what is it, 1% roughly of the population? In these samples. In these samples. It was 1.5 in this big survey. So there's this is all very, very, very new. Like, think yeah. about it. That RAM study was from 2002. Right. In 2004... That RAM study, I think, piqued somebody's interest enough to start looking into this. So it's real new. Like, this is a yeah. 21st century sexual orientation, and people are, at least people who study it, are just now starting to look into it. Well, and have already figured out how to discriminate against Anthony it. Anthony Bogart. Bogart? I don't know how you say it. Bogart? <laughs> we'll just say Bogart. Bogwa? Uh, he is the one in 2004. Uh, he's a psychologist at Brock University in Canada. I don't think they have any kind of a football team at Brock University. Brock. What is probably it? wrong, though. Brock. But um, he is the one who did uh, publish a journal in uh, Journal of Sex Research in August of 2004 that, you know, one of the first people to do a lot of studying on this in recent times. He examined uh, data from a survey in the U.K. Mm-hmm. Uh, from 1994, and basically out of the 19,000 sample size, which isn't too bad, no, it's huge. Yeah, he found 1.5% said, <clears throat> I have never never felt sexual attraction to anyone at all. And that wasn't like part of, that was, it was a huge survey with, of a huge sample of a bunch of questions. And that was just one of the, one group yeah. was lumped into a, a little data set uh, based on that response. And this guy went back and found that and yeah. really started to look at it. Well, and he's the first one in 2006 to say, you know what? This is a sexual orientation, mm-hmm. and that's how it should be treated. Yep. And asexuals were, you know, they're they're proud to be who they are. I mean, the ones that come out in the support groups, at least. I'm sure there's a lot more that, you know, wrestle with it and are quiet about it. But uh, at least with the, what is it, the A-V-E-N? Uh, yeah, the Asexuality Visibility and Education Network. They're all all about being proud to call it a sexual orientation. Right. Like, we don't need to be treated for any kind of dysfunction. Yeah. Leave us alone. Right. We're happy with the basically how we're born. The thing is, is like, leave us alone. It's not just that. It's also take us seriously. Yeah, true. Because there's, there's a lot of accusations that are leveled against them. Like, you know, oh, you guys are all victims of trauma. So, yeah. you know, that's probably what it is. Or you're being willful. Or, you know, and, and it, to not be taken seriously as a human sure. being, that's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, David J. would agree with that. Not to be confused with David J. from Bauhaus. No. <laughs> and there's another David J. too. I Is looked there? up. Yeah, I think he was some other kind of writer, unless the Bauhaus guy's a writer now. David J. from Bauhaus just goes by David, capital J, period. Oh, okay. No, not the same guy. This is David J-A-Y. J-A-Y, founder of the uh, A-V-E-N. And there's a site, asexuality.org, that he founded in 2001, where you can find out all kinds of information and get support if you 
uh, find yourself in this 1.5%. And he made a lot of news because, you know, he's a young, handsome dude. And everybody's like, why don't you want to do it with anybody? Exactly. And he's just like, because my orientation is asexual. Yeah. And start wrapping your heads around that, people. I think Matt Lauer actually like poked him in the stomach. Like, man, what's going on during an interview? Did he really? No. Okay. No. Uh, but there is a range of, you know, not asexuals are the same. Um, Kristen points out that some are virgins, some are not. Right. Um, and it's not even just necessarily from a past experience before they kind of figured out where they were. Some still have sex to satisfy their partner. Right. Only to satisfy their partner. And if you like want to get a first person, first hand um, view of, you know, what it's like to be asexual in a very hypersexual world. Yeah. They have a lot of essays and um, tips and guides for interacting with asexual people. I'm sure. Um, and one of them that I read was like having sex with an asexual person and like right. how you get to that point. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's like, that's a a gift for, as I understand it. Yeah. You know, I'm sure. like that means they, that person really cares about you because they are not into this necessarily yeah. at all. Or if, if they are into it, it's, not it's sexual, it's romantic. Right. Well, and that's the other point Conger goes on to make. Like, some are virgins, some are not. Some masturbate, some do not. Mm-hmm. Some pursue romantic, long-term, committed relationships, and some don't pursue that, like, anything beyond platonic relationships. Right. So it kind of runs the gamut on how they choose to integrate and live their life or not integrate and just still live their life. Yeah. Which I guess is still integration. Uh. You're thinking of that Rush song, Free Will. Okay. <laughs> um, and I think we should also say, Chuck, like, I, I, there's, even while we're trying not to pigeonhole anyone, yeah. we're still managing to still, I'm sure, like, leave some people out. Like, sure. there's, this is a, it's a very broad swath of people, and, and that was a good point to say, like, a lot of different ways to live as an asexual person. Yeah. We haven't figured them all out. Just as there are a lot of ways to live as a sexual person. Exactly. You know? Exactly. The 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 tie that binds asexual asexually oriented people is that they they literally don't feel sexual arousal yeah. or sexual attraction. That's right. That's just not part of it. And this Indiana University study, you didn't talk about that, right? Uh, no. So these researchers sat down at Indiana University with four self-identified, um, asexuals and basically said, tell us about it, you know? And most of them, I think basically the, the consensus was, was that, um, yeah, it's kind of tough, especially when you're attracted romantically to people, like you want to have a relationship. Right. But most people aren't asexual. This is 1.5% of that sample. Yeah. So you're going to have to have, there's going to be some sort of conflict or problems or no matter how understanding your partner is. Yeah. This is going to be tough. Sure. Not just for you, but for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so they said that that's tough. But on the flip side, you have a lot more free time <laughs> and your chances of getting an STD or an unwanted pregnancy are like virtually nil. Well, I kind of laughed at the free time thing, like, <clears throat> you know, how many hours a day or people spending having sex. But if you totally are devoid of sex, that means as a single person, you're not spending any time going looking for it or pursuing people. So a lot of time theoretically goes into people, you know, out there trying to hook up. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like there's, 
if you step back and think about it, especially, especially if you're like a single person, yeah, like there's a lot of time and energy that goes into all that goes into getting to the sexual act, right? It's yeah. not just the time that you spend. I remember those days. Yeah, that was a long time ago. I don't even <laughs> remember what that's like. But the point is, like, that's a lot of time yeah, and energy. Sure. And like, what else could you have done with that? I often spent my time doing other things. Actually, <laughs> I was never that guy. Like, yeah, cruising the bars. You know, I yeah. was always just hanging out with my friends. Yeah, which probably explains a lot. <laughs> uh, so interestingly, in these polls as well, um, women make up generally across two different polls. They both made up seventy-five. Or I'm sorry, seventy-one percent. Of the population of asexual uh, individuals. Yeah, that 1994 British survey of the yeah. households, and then later, um, the an Avon poll. This is just last year. No, that was 2008. That was 71 oh, okay. percent, and then it went down. The ratio of men to women changed in the last year's poll. It went to like 67 percent yeah. women. Yeah, and then, but the other 33 percent wasn't all men. A lot of them identify themselves as uh, gender neutral. Yeah, uh, 22%. <clears throat> That's a lot. That is a lot. So this suddenly, now you have a subset of a subset of yeah. as far as sexual orientation goes. That's right. Um, and I was reading uh, on Avon today about how to use, remember when we did our executive order um, podcast? Yeah. The flawless one on executive orders? <laughs> yeah. Um, the, we were trying to figure out what you would call a gender-neutral president. Oh, right. It's not out there. No one has any idea. Like, yeah. e- even people who are gender-neutral don't really know. There's not a standard way to address somebody like that huh. with a gender-neutral pronoun. So you got to figure that one out. Yeah. Apparently. Well, somebody smarter than us and more sensitive than us should do that. Okay. Yeah. So the AVEN has grown since 2001 from... Uh, 19,000 to 30,000 members, which is pretty great. These people are getting some pretty good community support. Um, they, uh, Conger points out that disinterest in sex is usually regarded as a symptom, a problematic symptom, rather than like a sexual identity. So that's the battle they're kind of facing now. Right. Is, again, don't treat us. We don't need, we're not dysfunctional. Like we were born this way. The guy, uh, that founded the network, uh, said that, you know, I remember being a kid and once people started talking about like hot movie stars, I was just like, what? Like, I don't get it. What does that mean? Right. And, you know, from a very young age. Why are you you making humping motions in the air? (laughs) Little kids are dirty. Little kids are so filthy dirty. They don't even know. They're innocent. They don't know what's going on. What's going on with my hips? Yeah. (laughs) It's all very sweet. They're just trying to figure it all out, you know? Yeah. Poor kids. And then comes the hairspray. <laughs> so, um, the, the, we, we mentioned the, uh, the diagnostic manual of mental disorders. There are two disorders that look like they could cover this as far as ex- uh, sexuality goes. Yeah. And, uh, one of them is SAD sexual aversion disorder and the other is hypoactive sexual desire disorder. Uh, you can throw out SAD because that's an actual phobia of sex. Yeah, it's like you you get real anxiety yeah. from the even the idea of having sex. Right. That's not what asexuality is. No, it's not. So go ahead and toss that out. HSDD uh, is a little closer uh, because it's um, described as persistently or recurrently deficient uh, or absent of sexual fantasies and desire for sexual activity. 
The difference there, though, is, um, as Conger calls it, a critical footnote. Mm-hmm. Uh, it must be um, inciting marked distress or interpersonal difficulty, which I'm sure can happen, happen but asexual is also a lot of them are saying, you know what, I'm fine. Well, that's part of what Avin is all about is kind of like accepting and celebrating and saying like, dude, you're okay. You don't yeah. have to, don't have to feel bad about this. This is just who you are. Um, so yeah, that last little, that last one, what is it? Uh, HSDD? Yeah. That's, I feel so bad because it's like, okay, gays are starting to make their way through the, uh, civil rights discrimination road. Yeah. And they're, you know, starting to come out on the other end. Mm-hmm. And okay, who who else is there to discriminate against? We're almost out of people. Who right. can we go to next? Oh, good. Here's a group called asexuals, and here they come. So let's run them through the pike, because that's what's about to happen. It looks like. Well, I could see them being more accepted, but you know, the people that don't accept homosexuality, mm-hmm. I could see them being more lenient with asexuality, at yeah. least because it doesn't threaten anything in yeah, their no, life. You know, I agree. It's tough to discriminate against somebody based on the lack of sexuality. It's more like. You know, tr- taking it seriously and treating it not as a mental illness. Right. Are, exactly. Those are, those are, you know, that's got to be big. Sure. Because think about it, like, like the whole Chick-fil-A thing that's going on, right? Yeah, yeah. So let's say that, um, still to this day, uh, the field of psychology considered homosexuality a mental illness. Right. Now consider, you know, those donations of what they're going to. Are they going like to discriminate or are they going to treat mental illness? Right. That's that's a big deal to be in there. It's a lot of power that yeah. little book wields. Totally. And if for no other reason than just respect and self-respect like you were talking about. Yeah. I mean, what's our motto, Chuck? Live and let live. That's one of them. To each his own. That's right. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they have petitioned the board, though, to have that removed, uh, much like they did in 1973 with homosexuality. So yeah. we'll see what happens there. I think the DSM-5 comes out in 2015, maybe. How often does it publish, do you know? Um, like 73 to 86. Was, oh, wow. Those were in between. Yeah, so when you're in there, it's it's a big deal. I wonder if it's a set republish or if it's every time they need to like have some changes stacked up. They release different editions of different oh, okay. versions. Gotcha. Like, um, that makes sense. Revised ones, but like it's a... it's. I mean, they've been working on this for years, and yeah. there's so much controversy around it because it's saying, "Here's what's, here's what's normal." Yeah, hot off the press. On one hand, it's like it's great to be able to diagnose people with problems, but on the other hand, there's something about just taking a book and seeing, like, let's see what you are. Yeah, let me look it up. Yeah, it's kind of like I'm a person. Well, it's it's like there's a checklist. It's like if this person here's the set of symptoms. Yeah, we say are associated with this disease right? based on probably a lot of study. And if they have 8 of 20, then they're that. They're that thing. They yeah. have that mental illness. Like, what so about the other 12? go down the list. Yeah. So there are some supposed notable asexuals throughout history. Yeah. I found a few lists that were pretty hinky. They were like <laughs> yeah. Nikola Tesla, and uh, one of them had, like, uh, fictional characters, and they were like, Dexter. <laughs> Dexter's not asexual. Yeah, yeah, no, he's not. He uh, not at all. He's weird. He's a serial killer, but he had like affairs, like w- girlfriends, live-ins. Well, those were mostly to mask his homicides. No, I mean he goes at it uh, pretty good. In okay, one, in the, one first, of the seasons, in the first couple seasons, like he's, I, I could see him being considered asexual, especially the first too. season. 
Plus, Michael I, C. Howell is just coming up six feet under. Yeah. He's like, I went from homosexual to asexual when I really just want to be a serial killer. Right. But he was straight in real life because he was married to what her, his co-star. Yeah, I think they're reconciling. Oh, they reconciled? I believe so. Oh, isn't that nice? Yeah. All right, so back to the supposed list. These are the ones that I kind of weeded out to potentially be correct. Okay. Off of the bunk list. What about Nikola Tesla made you think it was hinky? I don't know. It, it didn't come from, like, his cousin, the report? Yeah, I think it was just from the website where I got it, and I didn't see him on any other websites. Oh, I get you. Okay. Um, Paula Poundstone, the comedian. Perfect. She uh, supposedly is asexual. Tim Gunn. He's uh, okay. Fashion guy, right? Uh-huh. Um, Edward Gorey, the illustrator. I did not know that. And uh, J.M. Barry, the creator of Peter Pan. Huh. Um, although, it's hard to substantiate that one because I've seen some works where he was called a pedophile without a whole lot of backup aside from rumors has it that he and his wife like never consummated the marriage and he sure did like to hang around kids. Oh, yeah. But... um. That's kind of unfair, too. But see, that's the other thing, too. It's like... Oh, that's really unfair, actually. Think about it. If he is asexual, then then how would you rectify that? I mean, if this were 20 years from now, 30, 40, 50 years from now, and asexuality were normal, you could look back at that set of behaviors and be like, oh, he was obviously asexual. Exactly. But we have to drag these poor people's lives out into the spotlight mm-hmm. for the rest of us to observe and yeah. to examine. So then we can say, okay, all right, we will agree that this is normal and it can come out of the DSM. Agreed. Like he might have been straight up asexual and they just didn't know what that was. So, so like, we love He's not having sex with his wife, so that means he's a pedophile. Exactly. Because he writes children's books. Exactly, because we don't understand. Yeah. Man. So that was the list of asexuals, huh? Yeah, there were others, but I didn't feel great about. There were two in this article that I thought were pretty good. So apparently, oh, what, among oh, yeah. asexuals, like the asexual TV character, oh, yeah. is Doctor Who. <laughs> I'm not a Doctor Who guy, but I know that a lot of our army is. Yeah. So Doctor Who is supposedly asexual. He um, he he exhibits a lot of the behavior, but he's also not very judgmental, and he has satisfying, um, substantial relationships with others. Right. Those are great points. And who else was in there? Sheldon from um, uh, Big Bang Theory. Oh, yeah, I don't watch that. I don't either, but I know who they're talking about. And I could see him being asexual. Gotcha. But that's more rumor. Apparently, Doctor Who is like, that's that's an asexual hero. I saw Doctor House listed, too. <laughs> no way. Yeah. He was like all about that. Um, I never his seen His ex-wife. And, and uh, he was all about, um, oh, what's the, there's another doctor who's like an administrator. Yeah, he's not asexual. That's, that's crazy. I think that was the same list that had Tesla and Dexter on it. That's why I was like, no. Well, that's a poo-poo list. You watch House? I mean, from time to time. If, really? I, if it's on and I'm like jogging or whatever and there's no <laughs> law and order on, I'll watch House. You watch TV when you jog? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's nice. <laughs> that's great. So, yeah, if I ever go outside and run, I'll be like, what's on? <laughs> uh, if you want to learn more about asexuality, we strongly encourage you to go check it out. There was another... Um, there was another... Uh, Podcast stuff. Mom never told you did this. Oh, did they? What, uh, like years back. Okay, maybe go give that one a listen to. Yeah, get their take on it. Yeah, and then um, you can also go check out the um, asexuality visibility and um, education network. And it's Avon. And I, what's their? I think website? it's asexuality.org. That's right. 
You can check them out, or you can type in asexuality in the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com, and it'll bring this up. I said search bar, so it's time for... Alright, this is uh, maybe our last installment. This is what we do when folks have sent in uh, little tokens and tchotchkes and gifts and cards and letters. We like to give them their due on the air because a lot of times they're small businesses and they're Etsy sites and talented people. So did you... um did you grab the one from yesterday that I didn't finish? I did finish it, didn't no, I? Okay, it. good. All right, so we're all set. All right, so we got a postcard uh, from Claire Henders in New Zealand. It's very nice. Yeah, Kiwis. Yep. You want to go ahead? <laughs> oh, is that it? Uh, I thought you were going to say thanks, Claire, or something. Oh, thanks, Claire, or um, something. From Etsy.com slash shop slash BF4E, Emily and Yumi got some charms. Yeah. Thank you very much for those. That was very sweet. Yes, it was. Uh, coffee. We got coffee. I imagine you got that from Corey, who uh, was living in Haiti at the time. Uh-huh. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Was it good? Oh, yes, it was. Nice. I drank the heck out of that. Good. And um, had many sleepless nights because of that. <laughs> uh, we got some Real Men Way Too Bills t-shirts. That's right. We said that offhandedly in a podcast a long time ago. Yeah. And apparently it was on a t-shirt. So we got that from customink.com. Thanks for that. Uh, we have received several books that I'm going to list here. Seven Deadly Women by Jamie Hale. Uh, the official 2012 Doomsday Survival Handbook. This one was really good. W.H. Uh, Mumphrey. I've been perusing that mm-hmm. in my breaks here at work. You have breaks? I do. Uh, the Savvy Convert's Guide to Choosing Religion. Really good book. Yeah. Uh, knockknock.biz is where you can find that. And uh, then this one is really cool. Wine to Water, A Bartender's Quest to Bring Clean Water to the World. Uh, I followed up with this guy. His name was Doc Henley. And he was a bartender that founded a, an organization called uh, winetowater.org. And they're doing awesome, awesome work. That's a great name for it. Yeah, too. very, very cool. That was, that was a long one. Yeah, good. Okay. That's my last book. Um, so uh, Glenn and Sonia, who we thank for the champagne. Of course. Um, we also want to thank, there are Kiva captains, by the way. Um, we want to thank them for these uh, T-shirts from the Princeton Library, I think, yeah. of Einstein. And it says Einstein Simplified, and it's three drawings, and they just get simpler and simpler. Yeah. It's awesome. That's I wear that cool. shirt all the time while uh, I'm jogging and watching television. That's right. Uh, Russian candy. Remember the Russian candy? Yeah. You were all over that. We got some Russian candy from Audrey. It was like, it had Pop Rocks in the middle, and it, I couldn't stop eating. It was crazy. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Um, we got a postcard from Margaret in Chile, Joanne and Stephen in Colombia, uh, from the Amazon Institute. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Those are our friends. That's who uh, nominated us for the Grammy. That's right. Thank yeah. you very much for that. We were, were Grammy-nominated nominated podcast. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Dan Burtwell from Cambridge, Massachusetts, sent some graphic novels just as a, like, here, dudes, I heard your comic book thing, and just here's some graphic novels that I've enjoyed in my life. And just, maybe maybe just get kid. it right next time. No, no, no. He was very cool. Um, uh, Watchmen, he uh-huh. sent, which I've already read. Well, um, I, I want to see that one. Yeah, I think I have it over there. Awesome. Um, Coward, which I have not read yet. Okay. Uh, the Punisher Max, which I have not gotten to yet. And I definitely want to see that one. Yeah. And the Why the Last Man, which I did read. And um, 
I want to thank Dan because Why the Last Man was awesome. And I also want to punch Dan because now I have to buy the other nine volumes oh. to see where the story goes. Nice. But I'm going to get them. I actually went to Amazon the other day. Oh, you got to go to Oxford Comics and get them, man. What? You got to like stand around in the comic book <laughs> shop and buy them then. You can't just order them. Yeah, you can. It's pretty easy, actually. <laughs> so, um, let's see. Remember our roller derby episode? Oh, yeah. Well, the Deutschland Rollers uh, sent us a sticker. Thank you for that. That's right. Kick butt. Uh, and my last one is Maureen from the Therapy Sisters at therapysisters.com. They sent us their music CD, and it's like mm-hmm. funny stuff. Yes, it is. Yeah. Thank you for it. Um, I've got more. Do you want to split these? No, go ahead. All right. So uh, Emily from Idaho sent us a cool fold-out fold out postcard from Maui. That's right. I remember that Thank one. you. Um, Jennifer from Nature's Classroom in New England sent us a handwritten letter. Again, very rare. It's nice to see those. Um, Leah from Halifax sent you a birthday card. Uh, yeah. That was very nice. That was nice. Um, and then Kenneth Crowder sent us a $1 bill, which I still have yet to get any of. It's over there on my desk. I have well, it framed like quarters. a little, like our first dollar earned like businesses do. Do you really? Yeah, that's our first dollar earned. It's actually not framed, but it's still over there. Okay. I, d- I leave it out just daring somebody to be brave enough to steal it. Well, if, you, if it's replaced by 50 cents soon, that's me. Okay. Uh, and then Aaron Spivey sent us an Atlanta Corvettes drum and bugle corps patch. That's right. Thank you very much to all of you for our awesome free stuff. Yeah, that's really cool when you guys think of us and send us things like that. It's very sweet. So that was it, huh? Yep. Administrative details is over? Yeah, I'm going to start my new list. We uh, we need some emails then, right, for listener mail, which will start up next. That's right. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash Stuff You Should Know. And you can also send us an email to StuffPodcast at Discovery.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?